0: You're listening to the Beyond Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah May Chipczynski. It is my purpose in life to use the lessons I've learned from more than a decade of leadership experience in everything from business to politics to nonprofit and the military to help you become the leader you've always dreamed of having. Whether you lead a network marketing team, a Bible study, a global brand, or a family of four... Every week, I'm going to walk you through tangible ways to grow your influence and make your vision a reality. So if you're ready to drop the burnout and bullshit strategy you've been fed and design your own aligned leadership style, you're in the right place. Let's go. Hi friends, and welcome back to the Beyond Leadership Podcast. I'm so glad you tuned into this episode because today's guest has one of the most fascinating and unique backgrounds of anyone I've ever talked to, especially for her young age. So today I'm joined by Rachel Vineyard, who, after years of suffering from chronic illness and doing everything the right way, realized that in order to heal, she had to heal all parts of her, so not just her body, but also her mind and her spirit. Her personal healing journey uncovered the passion she currently has to help others heal, especially those who, much like her, have tried everything with little to no relief. After years of study, research, training, and education, Rachel is now a certified natural health professional, brain rewiring certified coach, an energy healer, a yoga instructor, and a gut health expert. And while all of those titles help her help people, her ultimate truth is to be a vessel of God's healing, love, and energy, connecting people back to their source to ignite the complete healing that is possible for them. She believes her higher calling is shepherding others into deeper intimacy with God, connecting them to their roots in the earth, and walking in freedom from disease and pain. Rachel, thank you so much for coming on today. I am really excited for you to share with the audience, uh, not just your story, but How your story can really impact people by leading yourself through different situations, difficult situations, and through trauma. So, I know we talked, I talked a little bit about you in the intro, but tell us more about you and your story.
1: Well, Sarah, I am so happy to be here with you today. Thanks for having me on. Um, Yeah, man, my story, it's one of those things that it's hard to really pinpoint where to begin. Um, because, you know, everything leading up to where we are now, every moment of our life has had something to say about that. Um, but I guess with my healing journey, I started developing health issues more so in middle school. But when I was a little girl, I was always the sick one. Like I always had belly aches. I was on antibiotics all of the time. Um, I was in and out of the hospital. I was just the sick kid. And, you know, most of the time, my mom, God love her, she uh, kind of thought I was faking. So she would, you know, baby me and let me stay home from school, but also not really pay much attention to it. And my whole family comes from um, Western, the Western medical system. And so, you know, antibiotics, medications, those sort of things were just normal. And in eighth grade, I developed mono, which is a pretty severe virus. And from then, I experienced a lot of chronic digestive symptoms. Um, I was diagnosed with celiac disease and IBS, and I literally walked out of the the gastrointestinal doctor's office, and they said, take Miralax every day, don't eat gluten, and stop eating apples. Apples? (laughs) Apples, (laughs) because they're a FODMAP, so they can can bother the digestive system. (laughs) And so there I was, you know, I was, how what, 13, and I moved all through high school. Um, honestly, I was not very healthy. I had really bad gut issues. I was always bloated. Um, my hormones were pretty out of whack. Um, my weight was definitely not where it needed to be. But I just went on because that's what I was taught, you know, that that was just my life. And when I graduated high school, rather than going the conventional route, I actually lived out of the country for a year. And while my time away was truly one of the most impactful, impactful, wonderful times of my life, I wouldn't trade a single second of it, unfortunately, I did experience um, abuse. And that was physical, mental, emotional, and dare I say even spiritual. And the physical abuse didn't necessarily come from someone else's hand, but really it came from the lack of their hand, meaning I actually starved for um, about 12 months where I was getting less than 800 calories every day. And I just, I was very um, nutritionally depleted. And that sort sort of starvation on the body is a major stressor And what that did was it really was the straw that broke the camel's back, per se. And it's what ignited all of the genetic predispositions and the viruses that were dormant in my body, and it really activated them. So when I get home, um, back to Kentucky, which is where I'm currently at, I was not only 40 pounds less than I was when I left, but I was also a shell of a human being, meaning really everything about me had been stripped away. Um, I had developed a severe eating disorder because you know for a year, I had to be extremely controlling of food um, in order to survive, but also on top of that, i everything I ate made me hurt, and so I didn't want to eat. Um, I also was really afraid to eat or what ingredients were in foods because I thought it was going to trigger a reaction. And so um, that's I, I got home at the summertime. And so I decided in order to heal, I needed to go the holistic route. I had to go the natural route, even you know the Eastern practices, because up to this point in my life, the conventional Western medical system had failed me. I'm not saying it's not for anyone. Like I, the me- Western medical systems, they saved lives. So I'm not uh, demeaning that in any way. But in my journey, I knew that I had to focus on my, my holistic self. And so I started seeing naturopaths, functional medicine doctors. I was working with body workers, um, even energy healers, and was just really diving into um, my body and healing. And my naturopath at 19 years old, She told me I had the mitochondrial function of an 85-year-old man. Wait, what? Yeah. Like, I was really sick. Um, They diagnosed me with Lyme's disease, mold toxicity, heavy metal toxicity, Epstein-Barr virus, Hashimoto's thyroiditis. I was on the verge of Addison's disease. I had all the gut issues like leaky gut, SIBO, candida, parasites. I mean, you name it, (laughs) I had it. And – And, you know, it was one thing to get some answers, but it's also another thing where I was 19 years old and told, you know, your life will never be the same. And I was really bedridden. That was definitely not the life that I had envisioned. And so I started, you know, I was doing the different diets and the protocols and the supplements and working with energy healers, doing detoxification, you know, really diving deep into it. But I still wasn't getting better. Yeah, some symptoms dissipated. You know, I was seeing some relief, but I was still sick. I was still broken, and I still had no freaking idea who I was because I had been so really brainwashed. And um, who I was was really stripped from me. And so I continued in this cycle for far too long until I realized the only way for me to heal was to take the responsibility myself. And I couldn't give my power away to um, the abuse, to the disease. And I also couldn't give my power away to the doctors and the naturopaths and the energy healers who were trying to help me. I then realized, in order to heal, I had to go inward.
0: Yeah, at 19 years old to be able to realize that is crazy.
1: I've always been told I'm an old soul, <laughs> and I definitely believe that. And so um, even though my biological age said 19, I just even based on the experiences in my life, I felt far older. And, and really, I think that is what grounded me is – Not necessarily being so kind of self-absorbed and immature, but really what changed in me when I decided to take the responsibility and my healing in my own hands, I realized that my illness or the illness, it wasn't for me. It was actually to spark and catapult me onto this journey I'm now on, which is to be a vessel of healing for other people. And that is something I am so grateful for.
0: Tell me more about what this did this dichotomy um, you said earlier that your you know your entire family was from a western medicine background so when you started on this journey of natural healing, what was the reaction like from your family
1: My immediate family was was really supportive um And like I said, they're literally all Western practitioners in some sense or another, but they all saw that the system had really let me down, and they realized that I needed a holistic approach. And what was beautiful is they actually ended up, I don't want to use the word converting, but they they see the power in this holistic approach. Um... And they actually use that with their own with their own patients now like they they can see it and so they actually advocate for this way of living, which is so beautiful but you know i would I definitely uh, can't say that there weren't skeptics <laughs> but at the same at the same time that was something I had to release was my healing journey it didn't matter what anyone else thought like i I had the wisdom and the guidance I needed and I needed to follow that
0: when you finally did make that realization that you had the wisdom you had the guidance you had to make the decision what did that look like in your life how did how did you start leading yourself not just to those conclusions but through that journey Mm
1: -hmm. so I realized I had to put just as much emphasis on my emotional and mental and spiritual healing than I did physically. Because at the end of the day, our meat suit, as I call it, it's just a part of us. And in order to actually heal, whether it's a physical imbalance, maybe it's a mental illness, maybe it's just heartbreak, you have to look at the mind, body, and spirit. Because all of that is what makes you you. And so for me, that looked like um, diving into something called brain rewiring, which is actually something that I am certified to lead people through now myself. And that is a matter of changing the neural pathways in your brain um, that are tied into limiting beliefs. And by changing those neural pathways in your brain, you can physically change the response in your body and your outside world. So um, for me, that was – from sending signals of disease and fear and shame to signals of healing, love and freedom. And so that was a big shift for me. Another one was doing you know the deeper soul work, doing the inner child healing, releasing the trauma, you know moving the trapped emotions in my body, and then really focusing on focusing on my relationship with I, I re- resonate with God. And it was in that healing, that deeper side, um, and really taking the power in my own hands through that, that was where I started to see the most transformation. And that's where healing actually
0: came. So, walk me through like any one of these practices. Like, what is involved in that? Is that something that I can do at home by myself? Is this like brain rewiring, for example?
1: Like, it sounds
0: based on the title brain rewiring, like something that I would need a, I don't know, some sort of surgeon for, but (laughs) you, you are not old enough to be a surgeon and you say that you do it. So can you walk me through what that process looks like?
1: Yeah, of course. So from a scientific standpoint, biologically, your brain, there are three main parts that correspond with this brain rewiring thing. And the neocortex is how you experience the world around you. And that, that means like it's like your sensory thing. So you see and you do, you, um, you know, feel the temperature in the air. It's, it's how you really experience life. That's, that's how the neocortex, what its function is. But from the neocortex, you have something called the limbic brain. And the limbic brain is responsible for the emotions. And the thing about emotions is that they are wonderful, they're feely, or they're sad. You know, like emotions are something you feel, but at the end of the day, they're actually just chemical messages. And that is how your brain and your body basically converse is through the, the, the chemicals, which are emotions, that are being output by the limbic brain. And from the limbic brain is the cerebellum. And the cerebellum is the seat of your subconscious. And it also controls your frequency. Now, when I start talking about frequency, I'm not talking about any woo-woo, go burn your sage stuff. Like, I'm actually talking about legitimate science that can be measured. And your frequency is a part of something called the law of resonance. And you know how a magnet opposite ends attract?
0: hmm
1: well frequency is the opposite of that like uh pulls in like so like attracts like so if you have a high frequency you'll attract in high frequency experiences like healing like financial abundance like good relationships but the same is also true with the opposite if you have a low vibrational frequency you will bring in low frequency experiences And emotions are measured on frequency. So fear and shame are really, really low vibration, while joy, happiness, and bliss are really high. But the reason that that is important is, just bear with me here, I know this is science-y, but it's coming back to your question. The reason that that is important is because your cerebellum basically radiates your frequency, your cerebellum is also where your subconscious lies. And the, the issue with the subconscious, or I shouldn't say it, it doesn't have an issue, our lives give an issue, is that our subconscious is what shapes the way that we show up in the world, whether we know that or not. So your subconscious beliefs, the limiting beliefs that are basically brought on by, by your childhood and the events in your life, that will shape the way. That you perceive the world that will shape your vibration and the way that those three parts of the brain work basically is if you see something and you experience something whatever emotion is submitted whether it's maybe it's fear or anger that then gets locked in your subconscious brain the cerebellum and then you continue that cycle so you, you're attracting in those low frequency experiences your neocortex is experiencing it, your limbic brain submits the emotion, and then round and round it goes. And so the beautiful part about brain rewiring is you don't have to know any of that. (laughs) But you don't have to um, know any of the science or any of the big words. But what it comes down to is accessing those limiting beliefs, identifying them, reshaping them, And then living a more abundant life. And you can absolutely do that on your own. You don't need a machine. You don't need a scalpel. Um, But what is helpful is having someone like myself who is certified. Make sure they're certified, please. Actually helping you go through that process. Because you have to go into your inner child. You know, you have to be willing to go into trauma. And we've all experienced trauma, whether it's big or small. And so it's super helpful to have someone guide you in that process of which I did have someone guide me. And then from there, I took the, the personal action steps that needed to happen in order to rewire my brain.
0: Okay. So say I hire you to help me rewire my brain. what is What does that look like? Are we – is it like me laying on the leather couch in your office and <laughs> you – hypnotizing me or <laughs> what does that look like
1: uh no I definitely uh, don't hypnotize you and that's the beautiful part the first step to healing is one believing that you can the second step is kicking victim mindset out of the door and the third step is taking your own responsibility so for me if somebody works with me i do not claim to heal you I am not your healer I'm just a conduit I'm just a conduit and a reflector of the answers that you already have. And so if somebody's working with me, uh, I do, you know, ask their questions. I do help them get into these deep parts of themselves. But at the end of the day, I teach you the tools that you need in order to brain you wire every day of your life. Um, so for instance, I do have a specific meditation that people go through for about an hour every day. And that helps them access those neural pathways in the, in the in the subconscious mind, and they're actually able to change them. But that is on them to do every day. For me, when we meet every week, which is normally we normally meet an hour every week. Um, some clients need some some uh, different time, but during that hour, it's really me guiding you into the deeper layers of yourself, and. Like I said, it's not me doing the work. I'm not your shrink. You know, I'm not trying to make you feel bad or um, even just expose the roots. No, I give you the tools that helps you dig them up and plant a beautiful flower instead of a nasty weed.
0: I love that. I love that. So if Anybody listening to this episode is like, yes, I'm interested. I I need my brain rewired. <laughs> what are some action steps that they could take at home by themselves, like today, to help mm-hmm. start this process or to help get through these traumatic events in life?
1: So aside from you know, investing in yourself, investing in your future and investing in your own health, whether that's physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, you can take little steps on your own. Um, The first one is release the fact or release the idea that anything has happened to you. Now, that probably triggered people when I said that. (laughs) I'm really great at triggering people. (laughs) But here's the deal. If you receive the fact that anything has happened to you, you know, maybe the physical abuse you experienced as a child, maybe it is an illness, a chronic illness, maybe it is you've been um, laid off. Most people would would see that as, oh man, that happened to me Mm -hmm. because that's how we've been ingrained. However, if you flip the script and you say, this is actually happening for me, you take your power back. Because when you take your power back, you're no longer a victim. And that is the first step to rewire your brain is release victim mindset. And the reason is, is when you accept the responsibility, whether it is chronic illness, whether it was abuse, when you take your power back, or when you take back that responsibility, you take your power back. And when you take that authority back over your life, the word author is literally in the word authority. So you get to rewrite your life. And that's the beautiful part about brain rewiring is that is something that you can start today. You know, even if it's you're at the grocery store and somebody cuts you, <laughs> cuts you off or grabs the last box of crackers that you're reaching for or whatever. Somehow, rather than looking at that as, oh, well, that person did this to me. You can say that actually happened for me. And that's a blessing. But actually challenge yourself to figure out how can that be a blessing? Maybe that cr- those crackers had mold on them and they were going to make me sick. You know, like even if it's something silly. Mm-hmm. But taking your power back is step one. Another thing that you can do is begin to raise your frequency. And the way that you do that is you avoid things that pull your frequency down. For instance, the news <laughs> and the media. They actually run on the frequency of fear because that's the easiest way to control people. And so when you watch the news or you scroll on your phone and you are just absorbing all the ish that is happening in our world today, that is lowering your frequency. So if you have kids, watch a Disney movie instead, you know, of watching your crime show. Do things that make you happy, that make you laugh. Those are things that really elevate your frequency in such a simple way. Um, Even releasing negative relationships, relationships that pull you down, which I know that that is its own beast in and of itself. But if you surround yourself with people who are only a low vibrational frequency, your vibration is also going to plummet. And that is going to attract low vibrational experiences. And so, surround yourself with people who you want to be like. Surround yourself with people who make you feel good. And that isn't selfish. No, that's actually the best way to care for the people around you is while you fill up your own cup, then you can be an outpouring to everyone you you love and care for. And so, those are some really great, just quick, actionable steps that you can take right now to rewire your brain and really change your life.
0: I love that. So... You're telling me that there is actually scientific proof behind this concept that your vibe attracts your tribe and it's not just something cute that we put on Instagram.
1: Oh, 100%. And I am the type of person, even though people would probably peg me as woo-woo based on <laughs> my my job and the things that I do, I am actually all science-based science for the most part. And you can look up the law of resonance. You can look up the shoemaker's response. Um, I mean, there are so many scientifically proven um, things about vib- vibration and frequency that you liter- literally can't deny. And everything is energy. You know, it's not like this. Mm-hmm. Um, you only get your get your energy worker doing all kinds of weird symbols and stuff. No, that like that's not it at all. Everyone, everyone is made up of energy. I mean, think about it. What makes up your cells and your mitochondria eventually works their way down to atoms and neurons and protons and electrical charges, negative Mm -hmm. charge, positive charge. When you, when people talk about energy, that's what they're referring to. And you can move all of that. And you can also make all of that solid, just like the countertop I'm I'm working on right now, it's solid, but at the end of the day, it's also an energetic, it's an energetic thing because the atoms and the neurons and the protons are all holding it together.
0: I'm the same
1: way, and so if you really want to dive into the science behind frequency and vibration and all of that, look up look up quantum physics. <laughs> like that is probably your best way or your ticket into how all of this is actually true. Yeah.
0: I, I mean, I don't begin to comprehend quantum physics, but I know my kid has a book called Quantum Physics for Babies, and it literally <laughs> talks about how the atoms that make up your body used to be stars mm-hmm. and how everything is interconnected. So like, I feel like if a two-year-old can understand quantum physics, not that he actually – all of quantum physics. But if they can dumb it down so that a two-year-old can understand it, I feel like we as adults should be able to understand it and to understand it as science and not something that uh, most people here in the States would just automatically dismiss as woo-woo.
1: Right. And And I am in total agreement with that. But also on the other end of the spectrum is I think part of the problem with just the culture of the West is there, it has to be proven, you know, there has Mm -hmm. to be science. There has to be, you know, it has to fit in a box where I personally believe that is what has gotten us in trouble because there is this thing is faith. And really, if you don't have faith, you don't have anything. And if you think about it, we practice faith all day long. I pick up my water bottle. I'm believing that I'm, that water is going to be in, poured into my mouth and I'm going to be able to drink it. I can't prove that unless I do it. And so at the same, same time where, you know, scientific evidence and all of that stuff is great, I challenge the listener. I challenge you, Sarah. I'm challenging myself. Like what would it look like to actually live in faith throughout every moment in our life, whether it be our health, whether it be believing that we have the power to heal ourselves, whether it be believing in our business as it grows, believing in our leadership um, capabilities, believing in our ability to raise a family, whatever it may be, it comes down to faith. And if you have, don't have faith, you don't have anything.
0: Wow. That is a whole new thought that I think so many people could benefit from. I mean we we talk about faith as it relates to to God or a higher power, but rarely do we talk about faith as it relates to the everyday and ourselves. Mm. That that's super powerful. Thank and you for that. It does relate Rachel. to
1: God or your higher power as well. You know, because if you believe and you truly trust in your higher power, if you trust in God or whoever you relate to, that faith that it takes to you know go through every moment of your day, whether it's your water bottle, to your stove working, to your car turning on, to the bigger things like faith that this is actually happening for my good, no matter what it is. The pandemic, how is this happening for my good? You know, how is this? how is the state of our world actually working for us because we have faith in that higher power that they are good and that they are working in our benefit. And so it can be from the smallest you want, but it could also be as large and broad as you want. Like you, however much you tap into faith, that's how much your life will expand.
0: Wow. Rachel, thank you so much. Not just for that thought, but for Joining me on the podcast today, um, I know I learned a lot. As normally someone who's not uh, science-minded in in the strictest sense, social science, yes, hard sciences, I will admit that I struggle, but you mm-hmm. really put things into perspective and made it as easy to understand as quantum physics for babies is, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on today. I I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Now, if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that?
1: Yeah, um, my Instagram is probably where I hang out the most. It is at Rachel Vineyard Wellness. Um, Vineyard is spelled like the place where you grow grapes to make wine, so I shouldn't be too hard to find. And then my website is another place you can connect with me, and it's just rachelvineyard.com. You can DM me, um, comment on a picture, email me, whatever is, you know, best for you. But I would love, love, love to hear from you.
0: Yes. And if, if folks have questions, they're good to reach out to you and you will engage more about whether it's brain rewiring or iridology or uh, inner child work, right? Any any, and all of it. Yes.
1: I love to help people through their journey. So if you have any questions, I promise I will respond.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, Rachel, thanks again.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Sarah, so much for having me.
0: Okay. I don't know about you, but my mind is blown to have all of these experiences while you are still a teenager. And then to come back in your early twenties and be able to teach it and practice it and live it out loud is absolutely incredible. Uh, Rachel is so good at sharing everything that she knows. So if you don't, already know her, you need to get to know her. Whether you have been through trauma or not, uh, Rachel can help you through so many stages of your life. So I'm going to link all of her information in the show notes, and I cannot wait to hear your takeaways over on Instagram. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Beyond Leadership Podcast. I sincerely hope that you got something out of today that you are going to be able to take and use on your journey to wherever it is you're going. If you liked what you heard today, be sure to subscribe and share your takeaways on social media. Don't forget to tag me at Sarah Ski on Instagram. While you're waiting for the next episode, please check out our exclusive Beyond Leadership community over on Facebook to connect with more like-minded and like-hearted individuals dedicated to learning, leading, and encouraging right alongside you every day. Until next time, let's go.